Father, we've gathered this afternoon together to remember and to commit to eternity a beloved mother, a grandmother, a great-grandmother, a sister, a friend, and a church member, Susie Fry Dupree. We know from your word that you are eternal, that you are completely sovereign over all things, that you are the Lord of all. And yet we also know from your word that you are the God of all comfort. You are the Father of mercies. You are the one who gives to your people what Paul describes as a peace that surpasses all understanding. And so I pray, Father, that in your sovereignty that you might give this day comfort, your comfort, your peace to those who are saying goodbye today. And as we do say goodbye, I pray that by the promise of your word we might be edified even as you are glorified. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. One of the most often quoted verses at a service like this one is Psalm 116 verse 15 which says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His godly ones. I've quoted that passage at a few funerals myself, and I just did. The word that always has stuck out to me about that verse is the word precious. I know that it may seem hard to believe on a day like today. I know hearing that it might ring hollow because it doesn't matter that Susie was nearing her 96th birthday and it doesn't matter that her health had been going downhill for quite a while. When someone that we love dies, it hardly seems precious. It does hurt, and it should hurt, because while we recognize death as a part of life, it's actually not supposed to be. Death doesn't belong. When God created, He created man in His own image, and He created a world without death. Death didn't enter the world until sin entered the world. And the wages of sin is death. And since sin didn't belong in the world, ultimately death doesn't belong in this world either. So any tears and sadness and pain that you might feel today is perfectly understandable because as we understand the world, it's normal, but they are also a reminder of that's not how it should be. Today we celebrate the life and the homegoing of Susie. And while we mourn her being gone from us, and while we grieve with her family, Christians, those who have entrusted their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, can look forward in hope to a day when what doesn't belong here will no longer be here. Death will no longer be a part of our lives. And we long for that day. But even so, we can say thanks be to God that even through the sadness, there can also be joy today. Susie is gone, but she lives. Her suffering has come to a permanent conclusion, and so the pain is ours, not hers. Because Susie had entrusted her life to Jesus Christ, and she now sees Him face to face In paradise. So Susie's death, while sad to us, is indeed precious in the sight of the Lord. God the Father has brought one of His saints, one of His daughters, 
into his presence. I came to Bethlehem just a little over three years ago. So my experiences with Susie are significantly more limited than many of your own. But in thinking about her, I couldn't think... I couldn't help think about uh, 2 Corinthians 5. It's one of the greatest chapters in the Bible. And it starts with the Apostle Paul saying, For we know that if the earthly tent which is our house is torn down, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed in this house we groan, longing to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. You know, it wasn't long after I got up here, that I met Susie. I've been trying to remember if that first meeting was at Tara or if it was in a hospital room because several of those first meetings seem to have been in hospital rooms. But Susie, you know, and and after Tim just spoke, I can't help. Susie reminded me very much of my own grandmother. Um, And I was very close to her. Um, She was in the last year of her life by that time. But my Nana was a, a godly woman whose final years you know, she, she she gave, just like you, you just said. and um, Alzheimer's had, had taken a lot of her mind. And here was Susie, not exactly in the same situation, but, but here was this woman who'd grown up right here in Moore County in, in familiar surroundings. She'd been a nursing assistant, a grocery cashier, and, and more importantly, a pastor's wife, a mother, a grandmother, a great-grandmother, a sister. But now the things that came along with advanced age were beginning to really impact the way she was being forced to live her life. She broke her hip not long after that, um, and it only complicated things. But here was Susie, a woman who trusted in Jesus in this earthly tent being torn down. Paul writes in the previous chapter, Second uh, Corinthians 4, that the outer man decays, and that's what was happening. It's kind of depressing, but thanks be to God, Paul kept writing. And he was inspired by the Holy Spirit because in verse 4 of chapter 5, he says that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. What is mortal will be swallowed up by life. Being torn down is what happened to Susie. But now she is more alive than she's ever been. So what would Susie say to us today if she were able to be here one last time and speak clearly to us, to you whom she loved and who loved her? I'm convinced it would not be primarily to tell you how much she loved you, but it would be to tell you how important it is to find yourself in a place where your mortal will be swallowed up by life too. I'm convinced by Scripture that she would want you to know, (coughs) pardon me, She would want you to know that what she has lost has been made up for much more so by what she has gained. She would want you to know verse 6 and following, Be of good courage, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, but it's better to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. It's better. So she would want your ambition, as Paul writes in verse 9, to be pleasing to Him, to the Lord. She would want you to do everything necessary to recalibrate your life so that you are pleasing to the Lord in all you do because 
She knows what verse 10 says, that we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. If Susie were here, I have no doubt that having tasted physical death, but now knowing the glory of God face to face, she would say what Paul writes in verse 14 and following, be compelled <clears throat> be compelled by the love of Christ and die to yourself. Die to your own self-interest. Die to your own agendas. Die to your own uh, selfish ambitions. Die to sin. And live not for yourselves, but for Him who died and rose again on your behalf. I have no doubt she would tell us that. <coughs> I've been overcoming a cold, pardon me. As, uh, as time wore on with each visit, sometimes Phyllis and Shirley would be there. Other times, it would be just me and Susie. Many times, she wouldn't recognize me. She wouldn't realize who I was. But the one thing that always it, it seemed to never fail is the one thing that would happen is she would perk up when there was that glimmer of recognition when the mention of Bethlehem Baptist Church happened. It was her church. She loved this church. She'd come back to this church. She was... <coughs> Pardon me. She was active in the WMU. Right back here, she taught Sunday school. And even after her health began to fail, her daughters, when they would come and stay with her, would often bring her on Wednesday nights and uh, because she wanted to be here. That shows devotion. <coughs> it shows a commitment to her church, and it shows a commitment to the head of that church, which is Jesus. To that end, then, I also have no doubt that if Susie could be here to say one more thing, just days after finally knowing the difference between what it means to be in a mortal body and what it means to be glorified with Christ... She tell us how we can be like she is now. <clears throat> and it's summed up by 2 Corinthians 5.21, which is the conclusion of a great chapter and is, is itself one of the best verses in the Bible. And it says, That He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Now allow me to fill in some of those third-person pronouns. God the Father made Him, His Son Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf. God the Father, who is perfectly righteous, sent His perfectly righteous Son into an unrighteous world. And Jesus, being perfectly righteous, lived a perfectly righteous life. And that's something none of us can do because we're all sinners who falls short of the glory of God. But Jesus Christ, the righteous, who himself never sinned, he knew no sin, became sin on our behalf. That is to say, he took upon himself all the sins of all the people he would ever save. He did it on the cross where he was crucified. He took the penalty for sin, which is death. He's the Lamb of God. He's the sacrificial Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. And so because the righteous one <clears throat> became sin on our behalf, 
Why did he do that? So that we, we, that is, all who will ever repent of their sins and entrust their lives to him. He did it so that we could become the righteousness of God in him. The righteousness, the righteous became sin so that sinners could receive his righteousness. And today Susie Fry Dupree celebrates that in glory. She would want you to know how you can too. By realizing that none of us is, is inherently righteous. None of us is, is in and of ourselves good enough. None of us could meet God's standard on our own. You need the righteousness of Christ if your mortal is to be swallowed up by life. And God is ready, willing, and able to grant to all who will come to Him that His Holy Spirit is a pledge, like verse 5 says, <clears throat> and give you what Susie has, which is everlasting life. Those who do this will find themselves when their physical bodies fail them safely in the arms of Christ. And those who do not will die in their sins and in eternal punishment, the lake of fire is what the Bible calls it. I have no doubt that if Susie were here, she would plead with us to make sure we find ourselves where she is, swallowed up by life. So may God be glorified in how we respond to death as we thank Him for Susie's life and what she meant to us. Let's pray. Father, You've used a very imperfect vessel today to communicate your word. I pray it will be heard. We bow before your throne of grace and we thank you for extending that grace to sinners. We thank you for Susie and, and while many of us grieve her death, <clears throat> may we not grieve as those without hope, but with the hope that comes only through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, may we recognize you for who you reveal yourself to be in Scripture. You are the God of all comfort, the Father of mercies, the God of peace. Show us even through death that our only hope is in Jesus. You don't need our approval, Father, but we come together today to commit Susie to you. We thank you for the time you gave us to know her and look forward to future fellowship with her in your presence forever and ever. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen.